Of Magrana, only myth remains, veiled secrets and hidden shadows. Yet the legacy of Kale burns bright in all our hearts and minds. The wind whispers of her return when Targon's beacon shines anew and night falls on the world. Look to the south on that day and pray for all Demacia. Welcome to League of Lore, a podcast about the lore of League of Legends and other properties set in the Runeterran universe. I'm your host Jacob, or Skullhead Soldiers, and let's begin. Now, like I said, today we're going to be talking about the two winged protectors from the Canticle of the Winged Sisters, Kale the Righteous and Morgana the Fallen. We're going to first start out with Kale, and then after the midbreak, we'll then get into Morgana. So, to understand Kale is complicated. Like in the Canticle, we learn that Kale has this big obsession with justice as a form of punishment, justice as a way to get back at the sins of the world in a lot of ways, and a way to put a stop to the crime or the injustice in a more immediate sense than an overall, like, fixing of the world. It's, like I said, it is literally punishment before anything. That is the form of justice that she supports, and that is the form of justice that she represents. Now, why does she view justice as a form of punishment than over anything else? Well, we have to go back to the beginning, even before the events of the Canticle of the Winged Sisters, to the origins of Kale and Morgana. Kale and Morgana were twin sisters born from a semi-divine mother and a mortal father. How this came about is their mother and father, named Mihara and Kilim, were trying to flee from the horrors of the Rune Wars. They were just beginning to happen, and they had spread as far from Valorant into Shirima, and so they fled to Targon to get some kind of divine power to hopefully survive the war. Well, as they ascended, they also kind of realized that they had children along the way, because Miria was pregnant, and despite this, they decided to keep going and ascend Mount Targon. When they got to the peak, Miria was chosen to become the aspect of justice, and then she gave birth. She gave birth to Kale Morgana, and due to their deep connection to the celestial power that their mother was given, they themselves became kind of ordained as semi-celestial, semi-divine entities. Now, unfortunately, due to Miria's nature as the new aspect of justice, she kept getting called away more and more often to fight in the Rune Wars due to all the injustices that were occurring. And to make matters worse, her nature as an aspect was beginning to consume her, and she became less and less Miria and more and more justice. And due to this, she kept pushing off Kale and Morgana onto their father, Killam, and poor Killam, realizing that uh, his daughters were no longer safe, that Targon could eventually be engulfed in the Rune War itself, and also that Miria was 
just kind of no longer their mother anymore, decided to flee. And he would flee across the Conqueror's Sea back into Valoran, or up into Valoran, into what would become known as Demacia. Now, they fled into where basically all the other refugees who were also fleeing from the Ruined Wars fled to in Demacia, which were the Presterite Forests. When they got there, they basically saw this fledgling civilization, and Killam decided to raise his two daughters in this developing society. And this is where Kale really begins to come into focus. Because in, even in her just early, early years as a child, she already began arguing with the leaders of whatever settlement they were in at the time, or whoever was in charge of the settlement they were in. And basically kept saying that the rules were wrong, that the law should be this and that. And it just kept getting more and more intense. The more and more she basically felt this urge to follow her mother's way of justice. Like, her mother was the literally justice itself. She should uh, rise up and become an embodiment of that herself. Like, she should become that herself. Well, she kind of got her wish um, in a very tragic way. It's unclear what exactly happened. All we know is that Kale herself felt that her mother was fighting for them in the Rune Wars and that she probably also died. Uh, it's unclear how she knows this or how she felt this. It could just be that her connection and Morgana likely felt this as well, that something went wrong. And no sooner did that happen than their mother's now split in twain sword fell down as two blades and each of them took him up. Kale picking up first and then Morgana afterwards after some hesitation. And they became the new twin aspects of justice. Kale becoming very golden and resplendent and armored. Meanwhile, Morgana... Uh, had a more uh, darkish kind of look to her. Um, think a stereotypical fallen angel almost, like lots of gothic aesthetic, um, lots of purples and blacks, and that was her aesthetic. And they basically became opposite but coexistent forms of justice. And this really began to cause problems, and this is where we get into what happened in the Canticle. As you recall, in the Canticle of the Twin of the Winged Sisters, we learn that Kale and Morgana basically come to blows due to some terrible circumstances involving uh, distrust between Kale towards Morgana, due to her thinking that Morgana refused to help Kale fight off an invading army from where they were growing up. And then after that, she decided to allow Morgana to save someone that she thought deserved to die. And then one of her followers, one of the first uh, adjudicators, decided to arrest Morgana for defying Kale's will. This did not go well. Morgana killed him. Kale got really upset, uh, decided that everyone in the city deserved to die because they were just filled with outrage and sin in her eyes. And then Morgana f flew up to stop her. They had a big fight. And in the middle of this fight, Killam, their father, who was very likely calling out to them to stop fighting, was mortally injured by uh, the stray magics and probably a stray blow from one of their swords. And immediately Morgana flew down to try to save their father, but was incapable of doing so, and he dies in her arms. Kale, seeing this, is absolutely distraught 
and flies away. She just gets out of there because she can't handle all these mortal emotions she's feeling. And so she flies off towards uh, Mount Targon, where she thinks that what happened was she let her anger and her frustration and all these other emotions dominate her will, and therefore it caused her father's death and other problems. And so she wants to become a true, true aspect of justice. Now, also with a Morgana sword, as Morgana literally threw it at her, just refusing to be involved in this anymore. And now she is at Mount Targon training to become the true aspect of justice. And this is where we get into what Kale is and why she's so important to Demacia. She is what Demacia looks up to. Like, Demacia themselves also have the sense of justice as a form of punishment, as a form of stopping evil. And that is what Kale was. Kale was literally a, a punisher of sinners, a punisher of evil. Like, she really thought that that's what justice was all about, was destroying evil in the world, like wiping it out like a violent crusader from the sky. And this feeds into why she thinks that her humanity, her mortality, was the fault in her. And that she decided to embrace divinity over humanity. And it's just really fascinating that this character, who thinks that the purest form of justice is a justice that destroys evil, just wipes it off the face of the planet, instead of like trying to fix it, she just wants to destroy it, carve out the tumor, essentially. And to her, that means divinity. That is literally carving out humanity. It's the same principle. Instead of carving out evil... In her mind, that evil is that more is the mortality, is the humanity in her, because it's preventing her from doing what she thinks she's supposed to, and so she's trying to carve that out by being in, in Mount Targon with all the celestial energy and hoping to become a full, true aspect of justice, not just like a half aspect, like she was when, since Morgana was her twin and they kind of split the the duty, and this continues like. More, now Kale is literally a a godlike figure in Demacia. She has statues everywhere, like her armored winged figure with her now two swords. And she is called the Winged Protector. And there are many organizations in Demacia that look up to her and worship her, like just the average citizen does. But there's even groups like the Illuminators, which is very interesting, since the Illuminators have a history of being semi-mage-friendly. Meanwhile, most people who worship Kale very seriously hate mages. This is a very interesting dynamic there. But the Illuminators are essentially like the church for Kale in a lot of ways. And preacher teachings and a lot of other things about like wiping out uh, evils in the world. And that is what justice is all about. Now, we're going to quickly take a break because that's a lot to go over with Kale and her divinity. And just this idea of justice as punishment and all this stuff. In order to get a better grasp of why her versus Morgana is such an interesting dynamic, we need to talk about Morgana, which we're going to do after this break. Hey, all you wannabe raiders out there, it's your bestest girl, Rose, coming at you up from top of the world. Now it's time for your local traffic and weather. Welp, looks like almost everyone's still dead, so traffic is at a standstill. 
And now a word from our sponsor, because they're totally not bribing me with massive amounts of chems or anything. Seems as the stuffed shirts are back at the White Springs playing games with that total loser modus. But hey, if that's your thing, whatever! So if all you squares wanted to hear more, totally, sort of, but maybe not boring stories about rebuilding Appalachia and being all goody-two-shoes, definitely not Raiders, check out this thing they call a podcast, The Modus Files, whatever that's supposed to be, on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to those things. Double ugh, they're not paying me enough for this. Till later, this is Rose, Raiders Rule! If you want to help spread the show, or simply get more content, you can follow the official Twitter at League of Lore 2 for updates on the podcast and other lore tidbits, as well as rate or follow the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. You can also follow my Twitch account, twitch.tv slash Soldiers, where I stream myself playing League of Legends and other games, and discuss the lore and gameplay of those properties. With that, let's get back to the show. Now, Morgana, like I said, is the other half of this dynamic of these twin aspects of justice. And, and for her, justice is about redemption. Justice is about rehabilitating uh, wrongdoers and evildoers and bringing them back into the light and making them good people again. And it's just very fascinating that that is the difference. That is the true difference between Kale and Morgana. Kale wants to ascend, become more divine, become this purity, this literally one of the Kara evil. Well, Morgana wants to heal the evil. She wants to change it back into something good. And this comes back to their father. It comes back to Killam. Because Kale kind of tried to shove Killam away as the older she got, while Morgana got even closer to Killam. Like, when the battle between um, an invading barbarian army and possibly mages attacked their village and Kale flew out to defend it, Morgana saw there was another force coming in and she was she protected their town. But another reason why she protected their town is because her father was there. And so she personally went down to protect their father. Very much a human thing to do. Which this is just a recurring theme with Morgana. She is all about being on the ground, being human. Like I said, she hesitated to pick up the sword because she wasn't even sure if she wanted to be uh, this new aspect of justice. But she felt like she had to, like it was her duty because Kale picked it up first. And she is the quote-unquote elder sister because she was born first by probably like a few minutes. And meanwhile, she's like, no, nah. like she doesn't really fly very often. We know Kale's flying all the time. She is always on the earth, sometimes barefoot, to just mingle with the masses and try to help and heal them or help rehabilitate criminals that come to her. And it's just very interesting that you have these very polar opposites in them. And this goes even further because when Killam died, when their conflict between Morgana and Kale reached its fever pitch and Killam was slain in the ensuing conflict, like I said, Morgana immediately flew down to Killam's dying body and tried to help him, was incapable of doing so, and so he died in her arms. 
And before she even uh, flew down to him, she literally just chucked her sword at her sister to get rid of it. It was a complete just, no, being the semi-divine entity, being this aspect of justice is not worth it if it loses our father, if it loses this humanity. And so she flew down, like I said, she lost her father, and soon after her sister fled off to Targon, Morgana made the very opposite decision and literally bound her wings in her own magical chains so that she could physically no longer fly and decided to walk among the people forevermore. That was her decision. She would be amongst the people, be amongst humanity, be amongst just everyone around her more than anything else. And so she basically became a hermit. Like, she exists still. She walks around in the forest of Demacia. Sometimes she's described as being in a cage. And while Kale began to be worshipped openly in Demacia, like she has giant statues everywhere... Morgana was not that. She got, uh, she became known as the Veiled One. And any statues that were made of her are oftentimes abandoned, breaking down, and hidden away in long forgotten portions of the forest. And due to this, she's become a myth. Like, very few people even remember who Morgana is. And those who do are oftentimes um, more elderly or more secretive and just know that Morgana is all about, like, this idea of redemption, but even more than that, she is about punishing people who deserve to be punished because of what they did and having no remorse. It's all about a teaching method. Like, Morgana is described in a story that we have of her that she literally punishes someone because they feel no remorse for what they did, and so she inflicts the pain of like, all the pain that the people they've abused upon them so that they would understand what they were doing to their charges. And after that happened, he immediately uh, became a better man, a much kinder man. And that is the nature of Morgana. She, she's essentially this idea of redemption, whether through your own will, like, you redeem yourself because you want to, or you will be redeemed because you will now fully understand the awfulness of what you've done through her more divine means, essentially. She is a divine punisher, but a punishment that is all about redeeming. It's all about changing your mindset and making you understand. It's a rehabilitation program, essentially. Is it kind of terrible that she essentially tortures people to do that at times? Yes, and that's kind of the thing. They are such powerful entities, Kale and Morgana, that no matter what they do, they're going to have a major impact, and some of those methods they use are going to be pretty extreme. But, like I said, the difference here is the intent and also the outcome. Like I said, for Kale, she thinks the outcome is all that matters. It's like, you kill the person, no matter what they do in the future, they will never be able to undo their wrongdoings, therefore they must die, they must be smote from the sky, they must be smitten. Just smite, smiting, smiting all over the place. Just destroy everything that is evil and wrong. While Kale wants to fix that, she wants to use any pain she inflicts as a teaching tool so that people understand what they're doing to others. She essentially wants to teach empathy. And if you just want to be redeemed, then she will help you. She would teach you how to be a better person. Instead of trying to 
cut out the tumor, like completely just cut out the tumor, cut out the evil, she instead wants to cure it. She wants to go in and heal the injury, heal the tumor, make it no longer um, malignant, instead benign at, at worst, and just normal healthy cells at best. And that's what she wants to do with people. She wants to heal them. And this comes back to this whole idea of, with Kale, she believes that purity and divinity is what matters, while Morgana believes in humanity. She literally revokes her own divinity. She hates the fact that she is a semi-divine celestial entity, and she wishes that she were more human. She wishes that she was more mortal. And due to this, it's... Just really fascinating, because due to this, she has become an ostracized character in Demacia instead of a beloved character. Demacia, as a culture, as a society, as we saw in the canticle through how the story was told and through who in the end they worship, they don't really want to, like, heal the world. They want to purge the world. They are really about punishment. And it comes back to just how Kale and Morgana differ. Like I said, Kale was all about punishment, and that's really what the Demosians wanted. These early refugees, they just wanted to see the people that made them suffer, suffer in return. While Morgana's like, no, we should help them understand what, why what they did was wrong and fix that. But unfortunately, in the end, the Demosians chose to embrace this anger at the world, at the mages, at everything... And they wanted to see it punished and destroyed. That is what the Demosians decided to go behind. And that's really just setting up the tragedy of Demacia. Because Demacia was supposed to be a place where people could flee to and be safe. And instead it's now become a place where the downtrodden, the poor, and especially those with magic who are viewed as less than human by Demacians, are killed or put in horrible prisons where there are essentially tortured into losing their magic, even if only temporarily, it's still an awful process. And just imagine that, the society that could have been better, could have been a more holistic view of justice and trying to fix the world, instead fell behind this idea of, nope, we don't want to fix the world, we just want to destroy everything we hate in the world. This is not about fixing, it's about purging. It is about vengeance. That is the form of justice Demacia really wanted, and that is the form of justice they got in Kale. And that's who they are now. And because of that, now we have to think about Kale and Morgana in the modern day of Demacia. Demacia is going through a lot of turmoil with the Major Rebellion, and even more recently, the Ruination. As we now know, Demacia has gotten really messed up by the Ruination. And... I wonder who they're reaching out to. Probably to Kale still. They're probably saying, Kale, please come save us. This is like our time of need. And our prophecies or our poems or our legends say that you will come and save us. And she has yet to show up. So I wonder if seeing this lack of action from their wing protector, if it might change Demacia's attitude and it might go towards the Veiled One, towards Morgana, towards the Fallen, to find some form of protection and safety and help in their greatest time of need. Well, I hope you all enjoyed this discussion on the Winged Sisters, Kale and Morgana, in which each of them represent in their respective characters. 
If you have any questions about these characters and their influence on Demacia's culture, please send them in your reviews on your podcatcher of choice or to loreofroomterra at gmail.com. You can also now send them through the Discord channel, League of Lore, on Robots Radio Network Discord, and they'll be answered next episode. And next time, we are talking about one of the most important ongoing conflicts in all of Valoran, Demacia versus Noxus. See you all then.